Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Good morning, and welcome to the Jesus That's Good News podcast. This is a space where we share the gospel, aka the good news, to anyone who has a vulnerability to pull up a chair at Jesus' table with no reservation needed. Hi. Wouldn't it be crazy if you said, happy Sunday, welcome to Jesus That's Terrible News. (laughs) Jesus, Jesus, that's some awful news. It's the worst news ever. How, like... (laughs) We're so yeah. glad to be bringing the good news. The good news. Good news only. Only. Here. Only. And, you know, it's not like we're living in a um, in a bubble, per se. I just think, you know, it's time that we focus on the good news instead of the bad news. And when it comes to Jesus, I, in all seriousness, Devin, there's very little bad news. Mm-hmm. Very little bad news. So, man, I just went off on a tangent. Let's pivot. I'm going to pivot back to you. I do have some bad news, Julie. Let me guess. Kentucky lost last night. No. Oh. Kentucky won. So that's good news. What is bad news is oh, that today I, know. I have no football game to attend. I knew you were going to go there. I'm still mourning so we, the loss of the Bengals. I know. We put it out there the past couple weeks. All this good Bengal talk. and. Yep. Until next year. But, you know, Kentucky's been winning. Um, It's just sad because the only thing I have to look forward to is hearing Xavier Wheeler at point guard for Kentucky. That is bad news. Okay, because that that sounds like a foreign language to me. I have no idea what you just said. It's our backup point guard. He was our starting point guard, but then Coach Cal got a grip and realized he can't play. But every time I hear that... (laughs) I just cringe, so. um. Oh, Lord. Hopefully we make a nice little run in March to give me something to look forward to. You know, we were talking about the Bengals just a minute ago. I grew up in a house where I cut my teeth on the Cincinnati Reds, right? I cut, Mm. I, we grew up listening to Marty and Joe on the radio. Like my dad for the Reds games, Devin, the game would be on television but the volume would be turned down so that we could listen to Marty and Joe broadcast on the radio. Gotcha. Yeah. And the sad part is, it's like, I can't even look forward to Cincinnati Reds baseball because their owner sucks. They're trash. That's a whole... What are you going to do? First world problems, I guess. You have any good news for us, Julie? Good news. Before we get into the good, good news. Good news? Well, okay. So I'll just update everyone um, on my weight loss journey. It yes. wasn't the best week, but it wasn't a bad week. I only lost okay. 0.6. Hey, a loss is a loss. A loss is a loss. So for the month of January, I lost 7.6 pounds. And <laughs> so I was as I was walking yesterday, Devin, I was thinking about this. Like, what if I would have tied a three and a half pound weight on each of my shoes. Yeah. Right. And went walking. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't have been. That's a what sh- you've been carrying. Moving That's on. That's amazing. Just continuing hey, on that journey. Take the dub and keep on going. Thank you. What about you? Life's good. Life is good. No matter what. Life is good. Yeah. Everybody's healthy. And that's what's important. And my support system is happy. And that's what's important. Mm. And I think that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. So, Devin, I had sent you a, a video clip from The Chosen. For those of you guys, if you're just joining us, we've alluded to The Chosen video series, movie series. 
for the past couple of weeks because we we think it just brings something different to the table, brings something to life. Yeah, it brings scripture and makes it real. Like I can actually see physical Jesus of, you know, as an actor, but sure. Um, can feel the emotion. He's tangible. Right. He's more it's than just in reference. our mind's eye, right? Yes. Like we can kind of see a representation. And I had sent you that clip, Devin, and it really, um, it really affected me, I think from a mom standpoint, more than mm. anything, but it was a clip of where Jesus had come in from doing ministry. He had, he had come back to camp and he, he looked at his disciples and he was tired. And mm. he's like, I'm like going real tired. Yeah. And he, he's like, I'm going straight to bed. And his mom comes and takes care of him. Yeah. And it was such a moving clip. And I loved it because it really showed the human side of Jesus. And I thought, let's, I think we need to investigate that a little bit. Dive right in. It was, what was striking in that video clip for me was not just seeing that human side of Jesus, but also watching in the clip how his disciples reacted to his weakness or perceived weakness. Mm. And I started thinking about, have you ever witnessed a moment of vulnerability in someone that either you esteemed really highly or you thought they're such an incredibly strong person and and you kind of saw this moment that some people might perceive as weakness, but it kind of took you aback a little bit? Oh, yeah, for sure. Family members who cry, like they're supposed to be the, the strong one. Hold on. Yeah. Especially growing up when I was a little kid, like if I saw my parents cry, mm. that's like a whole other level. I know, right? Mm-hmm. It really is because you have this expectation that they're always strong. And right. and there's been this perception again that crying or showing emotion is a sign of weakness. I, first time I saw my dad cry was when my grandmother passed away. And mm-hmm. I was just as taken aback by his emotion yeah. as I was by my grandmother's death. And so, you know, in the past couple of weeks, we've seen Jesus display incredible amounts of power yeah healing miracles all the things all the things that he's so good at yeah so when the disciples and the people of that region were looking for a king that would come in they had been under roman oppression for so long i i can only imagine the kind of king they were looking for like if they if they would have sent out an indeed post (laughs) or post on monster.com looking for a king can you only imagine what qualifications they may have been looking for strong you know like there would have been no ghosts weakness no weakness vulnerability like we can't be having that in the king no you could appreciate this being the point guard on your on on your basketball Mm -hmm. team someone that's got to give direction yeah a leader on the flip side i think the very human side of them was like these romans have been dominating us for so long i i need a team behind me like, let's build up our army a little bit. I don't know. They'd also been used to seeing kings who lived in huge castles. I think, you know, the disciples were quickly learning, okay, that's not the kind of king Jesus is. But I think mm-hmm. some of his followers, on like, beyond his immediate circle were thinking, okay, but Jesus, this is all great. When are you going to assemble the armies? When are you going to move into the big, the big palace? When are you going to do all those things? And Jesus is like, that's... Nope. That's a, that's a no for me, dog. Yeah, it's not my style. Mm-hmm. So, Devin, last week during the infamous Bingles yeah. loss, I don't even like to talk about it. There was there was a commercial in the middle of that. I don't know if you saw it. It's the commercial. It's a campaign by this group called He Gets Us. 
Yes, I've been seeing those a lot lately. And I'm pretty sure I heard like a little birdie say that there's going to be a lot of them during the Super Bowl. Oh, really? Commercials for the He Gets Us campaign. That was like one of the first times I had seen um, a clip of that. Mm -hmm. I can't remember exactly what it was about, but I went to their website this week because I wanted to know more about this movement. And it's really interesting that it says, and I'm going to read from their website, our hope is that you see how Jesus experienced challenges and emotions just like we have. We want to provide a safe place to ask questions, including the tough ones. And Mm. I was really moved by the first part, how Jesus has experienced the same thing that we have, the same emotions that we have. Mm -hmm. So here we have Jesus, who is completely divine, completely uh, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, and he, he wraps himself, as I'd like to say, in delicate human flesh. And he experiences all that makes us vulnerable. He experienced that as well. And he doesn't have to. That's the key. He's the healer. If, if there's anybody who needs healed or doesn't want to experience human reality, why can't Jesus heal himself from that? Yeah. I'm sure he could. I know. And that's what makes it amazing. Is And we're going mm-hmm. to talk about this in just a few minutes, like all the different things that Jesus kind of went through that we kind of experience as well. Now, let's think of something. I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot real quick, Devin. What is something that you all maybe have experienced that has caused you any kind of stress lately? Just being in the stage of life that Katie and I are in right now, we got married, we bought a house, we moved into the house, the house needed an immediate HVAC repair. I can easily say that, you know, sometimes we feel the stress financially of being young homeowners who just got married and... Yeah, it's definitely caused some, I don't want to say huge fights, but some stress in our life. Of course. Yeah. And I think um, all of us can identify with those those periods in our lives where we've had financial stress. And so Jesus um, didn't have to worry about HVAC and, right. <laughs> yeah. and he didn't get married and um, have a wedding and, and, and his money didn't go to uh, different things quite like you guys. But did he live with concerns about... Do I have enough? Mm. Absolutely, he did. And we're going to talk about that here in just a moment. And so I want to go back to what you said, where you you eloquently said he didn't have to do that. Mm. Like he didn't have to become and experience the, the human aspect of everything. Paul talks about this. There's a great little verse in Philippians, actually a couple verses, Philippians chapter two, where Paul does a fantastic job of explaining what it meant for Jesus to kind of take a step down and become kind of like us. Do you mind reading that, Devin? In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature, God, did not consider equality with God something to be used in his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Oh, that's so good. I mean, if you really hear what Paul is saying here, Paul is saying that Jesus had everything that you could ask for. Everything. He had power. He had privilege. And he let it all go. Right. Let it all go. Didn't have to. And even just tying it back to the financial thing that I just talked about, Jesus was poor, right? Right grew up very poor. 
And he didn't have to. In a, in a working family. Yes. And I think for the most part, I mean, we get the impression in scripture something happened to Joseph at some point in time. I mean, Jesus grew up in a single parent home, probably mm-hmm. for a good part of his life. He learned to trade. He was a carpenter. I mean, Jesus didn't come with like silver spoons in his mouth. Right. So again, begs the question, why? Why Jesus? Why would you do that? Why would you put aside all the power, the prestige, the wealth that you could have accumulated, everything? Why Mm. did you do that? Is it like saying, Julie, you just won the lottery and here's $500 million, a check written out to you, and you saying, no, I'm good. I'm good. What? Yeah, give it to someone who really needs, you know, no. Show. Like that's, he chose not to take that check. Mm. And, And think about it. When he... And I might be jumping ahead of myself, but he is arrested, right? And he's dying on, or they're they're getting ready to hang him even on the cross. The human part of me would be like, watch me call down the thunder, man. I was thinking of this the other day. Like, did you ever see the movie Rocky? Those movies? Like clips of it. Okay. There's a great, there's a great, great line by Rocky's trainer who says, you're going to eat lightning and crap thunder, you know? And I thought, I thought, (laughs) Jesus, man, you could eat lightning and crap thunder. You could bring it down. You know, you could call on whatever resources that you needed, but instead he stayed in that vulnerable position. So there's something about vulnerability that Mm. Jesus is modeling for us. And God bless Brene Brown. We love Brene Brown. I remember when we were at the first time we met. Yeah. And I didn't like you. And so <laughs> so I had to pull out Brene Brown for us to be friends. I'm, I'm trying to think of who mentioned Brene Brown first. We were, I can't even remember. I think it was during the forced conversation that we were supposed yeah. to have. But mm-hmm. yeah, God bless Brene Brown for bringing to the forefront this idea and the power of vulnerability in relationships. She says that vulnerability is the core, the heart the center of a meaningful experience. And I would agree with that, wouldn't you? 100%. Keyword, meaningful. Um, Just like we talked about, you and I hate small talk. (laughs) I just feel like, because it's just so vague, it's so surface level. It's when you become vulnerable in your conversations or vulnerable in your relationships. That's where the richness is. Yeah, That's where the meaning lies. See, in your vulnerability, the first time that we met, You, you fast-tracked the relationship by doing that. Yeah, for sure. Because had, I mean, think about that, Devin. Like, had you never been vulnerable enough to say, this is where we're at, this is, for lack of a better word, our, our struggle, then guess what would have happened? I think we would have kept the conversation at a very surfacey level. 100%. And we would, never would have talked past that night. No. This no podcast doubt. would not be happening. Exactly. And Devin, that night when, when you were so vulnerable, I mean, you, t- you took a calculated risk. Yeah. Emotional exposure is always a risk. And I think Jesus was willing to take that risk. And that he could show his disciples, this is the true meaning of life or yeah. relationship. It's okay for the strong one to be weak. Quote unquote weak. It's okay to show emotion. It's yes. okay to not be okay. Yeah, yeah, because there were many times in Jesus's life where he was not okay. Yeah. And so what we see over and over again in, is, is in Scripture is Jesus experiencing things very similar to us. And so what I thought we'd do today is kind of look at some Scripture, and, and I'll, 
I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Devin, is I'll, I'll give the scripture reference. That way, if people want to go back and kind of read the entire context of what we're talking about, mm-hmm. that would be uh, maybe a good way for them to do a little Bible study on their own. Yeah. So let's let's take a look at a couple different facets of Jesus's life. Let's think about him and if he struggled physically with anything at all. Not my Jesus, uh, because Philippians 4.13, Julie, he's the strongest. He's the best. Oh, I can do all things through Christ. I can do get, all things. I can no do. way that he physically struggled. Yeah, just a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how he met the woman at the well. He It says he was tired from his journey. And he asked for water. When I think about Jesus, he had to be tired all the time, Devin, because there was no Uber. He made many trips between Jerusalem and Capernaum, like a, where the Sea of Galilee is. I did a I did a Google search the other day. That's about 95 miles so one no direction way. is going to, you know, it's going to take you a couple of days to walk. And the heat. And the terrain. Oof. So not yes. good shoes. He's not wearing Brooks. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right? Just very flat sandals. Oh. And you can see in the Chosen clip, too, when he comes back to his home, his mom started rubbing his feet, washing his feet off. Yeah. And you could hear how he was, his feet were aching when she touched him. If you've ever felt exhausted, I mean, Jesus gets that. And in terms of physically hurting, there's perhaps nothing more, nothing more painful to read than in the crucifixion stuff. Yeah. I mean, when Jesus was, was arrested and Devin, do you have, I mean, let's, let's step into this for a moment and try to understand the pain, the physical pain that Jesus was feeling from Matthew 27. I think it is. Yep. Yep. Then the soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. I think it was over 20 years ago when Mel Gibson released The Passion of the Christ, and it received a lot of backlash. I saw it twice. It was difficult to sit through. But what was difficult, and what I think Mel Gibson actually did well, was portray the, actu- the, like the physical pain and, and torture that Jesus experienced. Hmm. I've never had that experience of being beaten like that, being hurt like that physically. But the idea here is that even in that moment, Devin, if I'm Jesus, I'm like, you know what, this is enough's enough. But he experienced it unfathomable. You know, emotionally, I think so many of us struggle with things too. Oh, yeah. Great highs, but also great lows. The roller coaster of life. Mm. And we, we've talked often about this, you know, having moments of despair and sadness. And I mean, Jesus was not afraid to go there. Mm. Actually, if you want to, if you guys want to check it out in John chapter 11, one of Jesus's very best friends, uh, he gets word that Lazarus is, is ill. Well, just look at the verbiage here. What do they say? So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord. The one you love is sick. I love that. Yeah. The one you love, like one of your best friends. I I get it. I mean, I lost my best friend to cancer. Mm, Yeah. Lord, the one you love is sick. 
Jen's cancer journey was not about me. It was about her. But that feeling of of loss and worry for someone who is sick, who is ill, I get that. Jesus gets it. And it's really interesting. He he waits a little bit, and then he arrives on the scene. And, and go on to verse 33, Devin. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and trouble. Mm-hmm. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. Mm. I I hate that this happened, but I love that they inserted in there, Jesus wept. Yeah, shortest verse in the Bible. If that mm. ever comes up in a trivia question, what is the shortest verse in the Bible? It's okay. Yeah, it's John 11, verse 35. Jesus wept. It's not Jesus killed it, you know, or Jesus was victorious <laughs> or, you know, Jesus hit the three-pointer. No. <laughs> with, the, with the three goggles. Yeah. <laughs> it's that Jesus wept. Wow. So he understands emotional loss and we see the same thing in, in Matthew chapter 26. And in a couple of weeks, Devin, we're going to be heading into the season of Lent, which leads us up to Easter. But Jesus knows the end is coming, and he feels mm-hmm. such despair. Mm-hmm. And he's feeling such sadness in the garden. And he, and he takes three of his closest disciples, Peter, James, and John, and he's like, you guys come with me. And it says in Matthew 26, I love this. He says in verse 37, he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. I think that's so powerful because that just also shows how much Jesus needs his people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We can't do this alone. No. You need to lean on people. And it shows, I mean, gosh, that feeling of being overwhelmed with emotion where you don't even know where to turn or where to start or how to feel better. He gets it. His gets soul it. is overwhelmed. So he models for us when you're, when you're feeling overwhelmed, you don't go it alone. Yeah, exactly. You need your people. That's right. You're vulnerable enough to say, I'm in a bad place. Help me. Yeah. Be yeah. with me. Be with me. Mm. And he's not saying fix it. No. He's just saying, be with me through it. Powerful. So physically, emotionally, Jesus gets it. I'm just going to mention this real quick. He knows what it's like to be ostracized in the community. Hmm. Dear God, just read the New Testament. The Pharisees are after him (laughs) all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Trying to point out like big facts. Always trying to get him, ostracize him, show everybody how wrong he is. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine like having someone that dislikes you so much that they make that their life's their life's right. purpose is to make sure that other people don't like you? Well, I mean, I can relate to that. You know that feeling of when there's people out there who aren't telling the truth about you? Yeah. Your character mm-hmm. yes. isn't being portrayed who you really are? Yeah. I think we all can, you know, relate. Yeah. That's that feeling of the community thinking differently of you when it's really not the truth. Yeah. And and you have a decision to make in that moment. Here's the idea with Jesus. This is what I love. For those of you, especially if you're driven by um, evening the score or getting <laughs> retribution, Jesus had a decision to make. Do I continue with my mission of healing and teaching and loving people? Or I do, do I devote all my attention to just battling the asshats? And, mm. and can, so he had a choice to make. So he could have said, 
Like he could have devoted his entire campaign, I hate to say it like that, like his entire mission to proving how wrong the Pharisees were. But he was like, forget them, dude. I got, I got bigger things to do. I got bigger, yeah. And so if you're someone who's bent on getting justice for yourself, sometimes, most of the time, I mean, I get that. I understand it. But I think sometimes uh, we follow the way of Jesus and we have to say, what's really the most important thing here? Financially, you know, you mentioned financially earlier, Devin. I mean, let's make no mistake. Jesus, by the time he's 30 and he begins on his mission, he's homeless. There's a bit of scripture where some, I can't remember the context of it exactly, you guys, and you could Google it and find out where Jesus is like, you want to follow me, but the the son of God has nowhere to lay his head. He said, I think birds have nests, you know, but the son of God has nowhere to sleep. In other words, he's, he's a homeless preacher. Wow. He's not out making money. He's relying on the kindness of strangers and people to provide him what he needs. Just last week, in last week's episode about the disciples and he walking through the fields. I mean, they're right. hungry. Yep. They didn't pack their snacks. No. So they're eating from someone else's field. So financially, um, if you've ever gone through a difficult time, Jesus gets it. Let's move on to relationally. Have you ever been hurt relationally? Have you ever oh, yeah. been betrayed by friends or yeah. family members? <laughs> That's tough. That one's tough for me. It's hard. I mean, being betrayed by a community that doesn't really know you is one thing, but being betrayed by people who do know you yeah, and know you well. And where you've built that loyalty. Loyalty is everything to me. Yeah. Number one, no doubt. Enneagram six, which is what I am, loyalty mm-hmm. is one of the highest things. Like Same with the eight. Yeah. And I will yeah. be loyal to a fault. Mm. And I will give you, do you ever feel this? Like, I'll give you every opportunity to, sh- like... Okay, so yeah. you were not really loyal here. Come on, I need you to rebound and show. But some- maybe that's the difference between a six and an eight, because the moment that I feel there's any sort of disloyalty, mm. I don't know. It's hard to. They go. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I just think differently, and that's probably wrong of me. But I don't know. That's just that's the number one thing for me. So, and then feeling that betrayal of somebody that you did put all your trust in and to know that that happened to jesus it happened to him he gets it he gets wow. that relational betrayal in matthew by 20, his bestie that's right in matthew 26 his bestie one of his besties being peter uh jesus is about ready you guys maybe know or don't know the story jesus is about ready to head into the the worst weekend of anyone's life ever and peter's like man i've got your back jesus and jesus is like no you don't because you're yeah. going to deny that you know me three times. Mm-hmm. And by golly, it comes true. I mean, oh. Three times. And they had been together for for a couple of years, Devin. They ate together. They sang together. They walked together. They healed yeah. together. They did yeah. miracles together. I mean, and someone who should have been totally bought in to what Jesus was doing, and he denied that he even knew him. That's a betrayal. He was betrayed by Judas, of course for money in John chapter 13, one of his own again, one of the 12. And even in Mark chapter 3, if you want to dig a little bit deeper, Jesus' own family even questions his ministry. Like, what's Mm. he doing? So if you've ever been, um, if you've ever struggled relationally, Jesus gets it. The last thing I want to mention here before we jump off is um, if you've ever been tested spiritually, Jesus gets it. Which is crazy to think about. Even Jesus yes. struggled spiritually. 
in a couple weeks, I think we're going to talk about this. Jesus fasted and was tempted in the desert. We'll talk about that more, but he was tempted to use his power in all the wrong ways. But I think one of the things that really strikes me most about Jesus being spiritually tested happened again when he was in the garden and he was about to be arrested. It's so powerful and so visual. Devin, do you mind reading that? It's from Luke 22. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. I mean, so here Jesus has been given this huge, incredible task to complete, to preach the gospel um, and not stopping for any reason. And it leads him to the cross. And yet even in this moment, spiritually, he's struggling and saying, I don't think I want to do this. Please, can you can you take this take away it from, from me? me? Yeah. How many times have we said that? Like, Lord, please just take this struggle away. To the point he prayed so hard that there was sweat drops of blood. Yeah, sweating blood coming basically. from it. Yeah, it's unreal. And then I think Jesus is showing us that it's okay to question God. That God can handle that. Yeah, he's a bit. He's a big God. He can handle the doubts. He can handle the questions. And we see this echoed, especially when Jesus is actually hanging on the cross in Matthew 27, where he basically yells out, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Feeling like God has just totally left him to suffer on his own. Wow. And that's why Jesus went through what he went through. Hmm. He can say, I've been there. You're not alone. Yeah, I felt those same things. And he may not always fix it, but he understands. He, He gets it. Hmm. That's comforting. Yeah, it's supposed to be, I think. This is part of the good news. I read this earlier this week, Deb, and I can't take credit for it, but they were talking about this idea that Jesus understands what we go through. And this one pastor said, Jesus was all about transformation, not presentation. I thought that was so good. So good. Because if it was all about presentation, then Jesus would have been about the big palace. He would have been about the like large armies. He would have been all about a flowing robe and, you know, Mm -hmm. like eating the lightning and crapping the thunder. You know, (laughs) he would have been all together. He would, but he wasn't interested in presentation. He was interested in transforming people's lives. And in order to do that, he says, I'm going to be one of you for a while. Has meaning. It makes me think of... I want to end with this because it's my sister Jody's favorite quote, but it's so good. And I just want to leave everyone with this last bit of scripture. Devin, can you read this from John 16, 33? I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. He's not saying life's going to be great. Life isn't butterflies and roses. You're going to struggle. Yeah. You will. Yeah. But take heart. I love that. But take heart. I'm here with you. I've done it. I've been there. I understand. I got you. Amen. I've overcome the world. And so will you. 
And I like this part in the chosen clip that Julie will post at the end. He was praying to God as he was trying to sleep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he said, I pray that I lie down in peace and that I arise in peace. So this just shows Jesus knows what it is to need peace. Yes. To want peace and to have peace. Mm-hmm. Like we all do. Yeah. Yeah. We all pray that we'll lie down in peace and arise in peace yes. and have peace through the struggle that was guaranteed but that we take heart knowing everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And if it's not okay, then it's not the end. Oh, okay. That'll preach. Mic drop. that in there. There you go. (laughs) Amen. And may it be so, my sister. Mm. That's right. So go to him. And like Jesus would do, Jesus would like this podcast and he would subscribe, rate, and review. Yeah. He'd give it two thumbs up. Just in human form. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Spread the good news. Be the good news. And if you need to share your good news... Or bad news. Yeah. We're here for you. That's right. And we'd love to connect with you. Mm-hmm. So on behalf of Julie and myself, here's to the good news. May we be it. May we seek it. May we spread it. So pull up a seat. There's no reservation needed. Be well, friends. <laughs>